Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. All right, Mike, I've got another great question for you today. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. So I believe hierarchy is socially important for dogs. Number one, do you agree? And number two... Do you think this is important in terms of preparing my dog for my child? And and if so, what are the implications? How 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 is that how how is that going to shape the preparation? Well, let's start with the first one. I mean, the answer to both is yes. Okay, now it's yeah. a controversial answer because of today's dog training climate, um, and we've ta- I think we've talked about this before. It's yeah, the, uh, this notion. There's been there's been over the last ten years people who've suggested that dogs aren't really uh, well a that wolves don't aren't you know aren't they don't live according to sort of the strict hierarchical kind of social structures that that we once thought you know that the basic observations that were initially made about wolves uh, where they you know where these strong top down hierarchical dominator hierarchies existed was those were studies done with captive wolves who uh, operate very differently socially than wild wolves. So, yeah. so the extrapolation has been by people who are into what's called purely positive training or force-free training that, um, that first of all, wolves in the wild, in their natural ha- habitat, don't have strict top-down hierarchical structures, so they say. Uh, the second thing they say as an as a add-on to that is even if they did, it's a stretch to say that dogs would have inherited their social structures from wolves. So, and then, you know, then there's been a couple of studies that have been done that that lends uh, you know on, on the surface lend credence to that the thing is you know as, as you know i've been working on a book for the last two and a half years that, that really goes into this um and they're wrong i mean these are these are ideologically motivated claims um, right and uh tons of studies more recently in the last seven eight nine years uh affirm again and again and again that both dogs and wolves uh, function according to dominance hierarchies. Now that said, it has to be said that the, the typical understanding amongst lay dog people and amateur dog trainers that showing them who's boss, quote unquote, means just basically being harsh and physically, you know, just a bully. Basically, you know, you got to show them who's boss, right? And that's not right. that's really not what that's not what that's not what hierarchy means. And that's not what leadership is, and it's not you know necessarily what's implied. Although in the past. Other trainers have have used that argument, so, so that's the bone of contention, right? So people right. have used the idea of being a pack leader and of, of social hierarchies as a way or as a justification for harsh training methods. And yeah. then the counter the counter swing to that was, well, that's all wrong. Dogs don't really live according to hierarchies like that, and so therefore you, those methods aren't justified. And so both positions are wrong. Okay. So what this what data show is that dogs def- wolves definitely function according to dominant hierarchies and sometimes they're very harsh and how steep that's the phrase that these how steep the hierarchy is and how harshly yeah. enforced is determined by life conditions 
So when resources are scarce, hierarchies tend to be steep and harsh. When resources are less scarce, they tend to be more relaxed. Now we can all relate to that. You don't have to look far. You know, if you're in a uh, if you're in a military situation and you're in combat somewhere and uh, resources are short, life is at stake. Uh, there's no room for screw ups. There's a very clear top to bottom linear hierarchy, right? And there's very severe um, punishments for infraction on those hierarchies, right? That's because it's military. Yeah. Uh, if you know, if you're getting together with a few friends to organize a party and everybody has roles, there might be some hierarchy there, but it's going to be very loose, very diffuse and not steep and not a lot of consequences because of the life conditions. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yep. So that's the same thing with dogs and wolves. So wolves in the summertime, there's less evidence of, um, of hierarchical, you know, heavy top down dominator, type things, but uh, when it shifts to the fall and winter uh, and resources become scarce, then often uh, adolescent members are driven from the family pack. So that's, you know, there's an assertion of dominance there by the, uh, you know, by the alpha male, uh, et cetera. There's, there's, uh, you know, breeding starts to be more controlled. So the female will often keep other females from breeding. You know, it just, it just all depends. So, yes, right. So the relationship to training is that we have to have a sophisticated view of hierarchies. It means, yes, yeah. you have to establish leadership. Sometimes, you know, the, the contentious topic of physical correction is appropriate. But just constantly, you know, but, but understanding leadership as a way is just to bully your dog around. That's definitely not appropriate. So it requires right. a little finessing and, and um, you know, uh, uh, subtlety. So... Uh, you you kind of um, went out there a little. I think you 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 might have gone a little away from the mic. What what was sorry? It? Um, you... I was I was saying that you know, the whole subject requires a little finesse and subtlety. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, and it has to be said. It has to be said. Many trainers, and even still today, they'll use the whole alpha dog concept like you know, like a blunt object. You right. Know, and just and just like you know, you got to show. You know, there's some little five pound Maltese peeing on the carpet you got to show him who's boss put a choke chain on him and yank the crap out of him until he's you know a quivering mess you know and people still do that and that's completely inappropriate right there has to yeah. be subtlety the beautiful thing about rank management programs and again i'm writing i've written a lot about this in this in this manuscript that's going to hopefully come out as a book this year is you know you can apply rank management programs very strictly and intensely or very mm-hmm. loosely and less intensely, just depending on the circumstance you're dealing with. So it requires yeah. people getting out of their you know, dug-in ideological positions and lightening up a little bit and not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but also not necessarily interpreting things in the old-fashioned way. So I, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I could, I could go on for an hour about this, but I don't know if that um, yeah, if I, that, I think that uh, makes sense. That's clear. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're saying... One, you're saying the question of hierarchy is very nuanced. You're saying there, there's a context for the question around hierarchy, which has these two kind of camps. I mean, if in, in simplest terms, one that feels like, yes, you know, hi- hierarchy is real. And then others saying, no, it's, you know, there these, there's some, you know, data suggesting that there isn't really hierarchy between wolves. And, but over the last seven to eight years, there is a tremendous amount of research that's come out that really shows, yeah, there is. But 
it's dynamic and it's related to resources, the steepness of the hierarchy that exists in wolves. And we're using that as a, as a metaphor for dogs and the social life of dogs and how they incorporate into the family context as their pack. And that, and that you're saying actually there is, and it has to do with the availability of resources. So there's a strong, strong evidence that shows that yes, hierarchy is real. And you, and so when you're communicating with the dog, it's really important. It's, it, it, it's calling on all of us to have a more nuanced and sophisticated view of how to have a relationship with your dog and because of the complexity of their social order and to be able to speak their language, so to speak. And that if, if you're going to really work with your dog in terms of preparing it for your baby, you have to take this into account. You really can't ignore it. Correct. That's, you nailed it, that's on, what you I, nailed it on the head. Okay. <laughs> I'm just parroting what you said, but, you know, and we missed your no. bone of contention pun, which, you know, you didn't call that one out, but I heard it. I, what you, um, I missed that piece. What did you say? Yeah, your, your earlier pun about the bone of contention. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah, well, to acknowledge the puns, man. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm you know, always proud of my stupid puns. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, the yeah, thing is, part you know, the two. Thing is, there's a lot to say on this subject. And also, the, uh, the other, since we're on... Well, we, say, we're short like, on time. So, do you, one, like, the second part of the question was, do you agree that it's important and you said yes, that's unequivocally clear from your answer. And then how does that relate then to preparing your dog for your child? Is it important and how? Yeah, well, I mean, basically in the way that we've talked about in all these, especially in the last podcast, which is about just get, putting the dog in a frame of mind where they're used to looking to you for direction when faced yeah. with you know things that are novel and unusual, like bringing a baby. And you, know, you want the dog to have security uh, and confidence in your leadership and look to you for direction. That's a habit you want to create, and that's the habit that rank management programs create. And again, contrary to uh, the detractors of those things, rank management programs don't call for harsh violence on the dog. They call for establishing structure, uh, guidance, and authority. And, um, and, and you know, and then again, there's, diff there's different intensities with which those can be applied, but they're very important. You want, you want the dog to have a solid structure, social structure, within which to help it to understand and relate to changes in that structure, you know, yeah. a baby coming. Yeah. But if the dog's not clear about his place in the house, you know, whenever a new pack member enters the group, it throws the whole social structure up for grabs for a little while. Right. Um, yeah. Because, you know, there's a new member. So it just kind of jars the system a little bit. So that happens when there's a baby around too, or it can. And yeah. uh, that's why, you know, we want the dog to just get, no, look, I, it's all good. Here are the rules. Here's, you know, just to look to the owner for direction, leadership, authority. And there's just yeah. no way around that. And if you don't do that, there'll, there'll be some price to pay for that at some point. That makes sense. I mean, I could, you know, I could definitely go on. I mean, a lot of the initial studies around this stuff um, or the interpretations of the studies were almost, you could almost say borderline fraudulent because the studies that are, there were, there's, a, there's a group of people who are out to prove that dominance doesn't exist. So they preset the studies up in a way that that's what they're going to find. And, right. uh, you know, there's, there's one in particular that's very prominent that's been deconstructed by many other academics since then and other studies. But, but in the purely positive training literature, the only study that's ever mentioned is the debunked one. They never mentioned the studies that did the actual debunking because it doesn't suit their ideology. 
Right. So when you hear positive only trainers go on about that the pack theory has been you know scientifically shown not to be valid, they are not telling you the truth. And it's either because they don't know the truth, because they haven't cared to get up on the latest, or because they're so heavily invested in um, making everybody else wrong in order to justify their own position, that that's just what their that's their ideology. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. I have I have, th- I have 350 pages more to say about it in my manuscript. <laughs> so yeah, everybody, this this is a big trigger topic for Mike because he's yes, just written <laughs> fi- finishing up his second draft on the book. So. This is, there's, obviously, we're just, you know, this is a tiny little scratch on the surface. Well, and we'll be doing lots of podcasts around this topic in about a year from now. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, so good. Then, basically, you know, and this picks up on the theme from our previous podcast, that obviously, you know, the first, the whole first section of your book, Good Dog, Happy Baby, is all about establishing, it's all based on a, on the, the assertion that hierarchy is real in the dogs and setting up a rank management system based on that reality to really help your dog start to look for you for the cues for how to relate to this new pack member. So it's basically, it's, it's establishing the basis and the order in the family unit that's going to help the dog have the most seamless transition into becoming really a close brother, sister, buddy, lifelong friend to your baby. Is that is that right? You said it. You're correct. Yeah. Constant you were paying, transmission. You were paying attention. Yeah, I got I, A plus Morgan. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so everyone check this is really something you you should think about if you if you've got a baby on the way or even if you have if you've already delivered and you're thinking about this and it's before 8 months before your dog your 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 baby reaches that critical point where they start crawling and then and then impinging upon your dog's space and really get getting into the rough handling with the children this is the moment for you to really start i mean ideally as mike always says 8 months before the baby even comes is the best time to start when you know you're pregnant. But wherever you are on that spectrum, establishing and implementing this rank management system is really important. That's all laid out in detail in Mike's book, Good Dog, Happy Baby, which you can get on Amazon or over at gooddoghappybaby.com. Also, Mike, what about the course, the Good Dog, Happy Baby course? Can you just say a little bit about that? Well, yeah, it goes into some of the areas you just mentioned. I spent a year and a half putting those two modules together. They're about 90 minutes each and broken into about six or seven sub-segments. And the first one really deals with this thing about how to prepare a dog for the arrival of of, of childlike handling, sorry. Because the childlike, the dog not being able to handle the encroachment of the baby, the grabbing, the pulling, the kind of crazy movement and so forth, that is one of the top reasons people end up rehoming their dogs. And that usually happens when the baby starts crawling. So that, yeah. that first video series um, gives you very proactive things to do at various stages in the, you know, in the development of the process of, of getting the dog ready. And then the second one is about you know, dogs that are just generally kind of afraid of kids and how to begin to desensitize and acclimate dogs to the presence of children in general. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, I, I picked those two topics because I see so much tragedy and drama around failure in those areas that um, when I decided to do video courses, I thought those would be the first two areas that I would hit because they're the most common and most yeah. just potent- potentially destructive. So everyone, 
gooddoghappybaby.com is where you can go to pick up the course. And I encourage you to go grab the discount. When you sign up for our newsletter, you immediately get a $10 discount off the course. It's already heavily discounted. So um, get the discount. Go get the course. If, if these are, are issues that are speaking to you or, or if you have concerns, or if you just really want to make this transition seamless, then go ahead, get that course. And um, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Mike and I, we do this podcast on the fly. We get questions from the audience and we, we pull questions out of Mike's book. And then we get together. Mike's usually on the road between training appointments. And, and that's when we record this podcast. If you have questions, please submit them to us. But definitely leaving a rating and a review on iTunes is the best way to help other parents find our podcast and great mike again thank you as always for dropping the knowledge it's it's awesome and uh i think that's a wrap thank you again morgan appreciate it great okay thanks everybody and see you next time